from An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose Bierce. The intellectual part of his nature was already effaced. He had power only to feel, and feeling was torment. He was conscious of motion encompassed in a luminous cloud of which he was now merely the fiery heart without material substance. He swung through unthinkable arcs of oscillation like a vast pendulum. This is Gothic. I came in super hot on that one. We have liftoff. Super hot. <laughs> You're so hot, Jesse. Call the police and the fireman. <laughs> I actually am joined tonight by uh, the reason I'm in my bedroom is my my one of my little rats uh, got surgery yesterday. So here she is. Uh-huh. Oh, they're wearing a cone of shame. Oh my god, with a little <laughs> tiny cone. Her cone actually was bigger, but um, it was making her face swell up, and so they uh, they downsized it a little bit. It stuck out really, really far because her incision is super long, and they wanted to make sure that she couldn't reach it, so they shortened it, and now she doesn't have to work so hard to eat. What, what did you say her name was again? I missed it. Uh, her name is Tig, which is short for Antigone. Ooh, nice. Nice. So you can get some cool stuff on Patreon, and we are continuing to try to roll out more things. Right now, we have a total of one, one whole episode. Of our kids <laughs> on bikes, young oh, yeah. LJ, young uh, Grace, and young Haven Harrow, among other younglings. That sounds ominous for them <laughs> if you put it into a Star Wars context. <laughs> but Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? But uh, <laughs> but a kids on bikes game where uh, they play kids in a. Stranger Things type setting, and uh, we have hopes of recording more of those. Yeah, it'd be nice to kind of get back to that. Yeah. We've got the session zero of this season's Dead of Night system, where we did a one-shot where Jesse and Sharon played characters out in the Pacific Northwest woods um, doing a Bigfoot hunt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a super I, I remember us being like fun session. recording, like, oh, yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, sign on to Patreon to check it out to see what we're viewing about. <laughs> <laughs> what was I just going to say? Oh, when you said uh, Pacific Northwest Woods, oh, they're out in the Pacific Northwest Woods. I was like, oh, yeah, completely unlike uh, this season. <laughs> yeah, not at all yeah, like well, what's going on right now. Where we're in Pacific Northwest brew pubs most of the time. So, Sojourners, uh, you also get uh, access to our Discord servers. Now, it's true that anybody can go to our Discord server into the main area, and I recommend that you do so, but uh, patrons get a special level that you can go to, and we tend to pop over there and chat after we do a recording. And maybe soon after we release as well. And maybe soon after we release. Uh, we still haven't worked that one out yet. It's easier to go over there after we record yeah. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a little bit ahead of uh, 
ahead of the time that you would have actually hear an episode, so you might be able to get some spoilers out of us. Especially since we've been drinking. We're a little more spoilery mm-hmm. that way. Remember, kids, don't drink and podcast. Actually, he says with a gigantic glass of wine in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Trader Joe's wine. It's Hermitage. Well, that cut things off. <laughs> now we're all thinking about what we're going to have to drink. So let's go ahead and get started with the game, shall oh, we? Oh, boy. Yeah. Last time, our inheritors, plus an FBI agent, were fleeing from the thing that William Kitteridge became. They have found themselves in the ancestral Cain Manor. And they had just had a long conversation with Lazaro Kane, Lazarus Kane Jr., and they learned many secrets. However, William Kitteridge, the tentacled thing that he has become, is pursuing them through the house. But they have just burst out and into a blizzard, a snowstorm of nearly epic proportions that was not there when they went into the house. But now, sleet beats down on them, snow cuts visibility to nearly zero as they emerge into the gardens behind the Kane house. But one thing, one light does cut through all of this blizzard, all of this storm. It is the swiveling light of the lighthouse Across its swinging bridge, atop the jutting shard of stone that the locals call the Finger of God. Bum, bum, bum. You're in the storm. What do you do? We were gonna um, go up to the lighthouse, right? That's where we were headed. You tell me. Uh, yes, to the lighthouse. It's as though there's a beacon showing us the way. Uh, yes, Carl. It's a lighthouse. We're we're just are we're just exiting out into this right now. Yeah, yeah. We've just left the building. Yeah, I mean, booking it towards the bridge across to the lighthouse. Um, yeah. Looking around, checking to make sure we got every Gigi, um, uh, Carl's there, um, Allison. Um, just making sure everybody's like on the run and uh, checking back behind us to see what the status right. is on the the evil Kitteridge, the William. <laughs> we left the book behind, right? I'm just getting myself situated here. We did not bring it with us. No, I did grab it. You did grab it. I know you uh, you stabbed it, but your knife melted. But yeah, I, I tried to stab you. it. The knife melted as we were running. I grabbed like uh, one of those old like canvas letter carrier cases off of the desk and scooped it up. So I did grab the book. Okay, cool. I had something about the leather folio in my notes, although I can't find it again. There we go. (laughs) I just said, Jason uses a leather folio and he didn't say (laughs) what for. Okay. Jason is so snappy these days, carrying around his leather portfolio. His leather folio. So, uh, just uh, as we're heading towards the bridge, I'm just checking behind us and watching the status to see if the, um... The Kitteridge homunculus monstrosity is following. You see Allison stumble in the snow. She goes down to one knee in the few inches that have already accumulated in the time that you've been inside the house. She goes, she looks up though, and she looks at the light swiveling around from the lighthouse, and she says, From what everything we just heard, we're going to that? Uh. Yes. What? 
what was our plan? I don't actually remember. We have to remove the blood. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, our um, esteemed relative... I say this with heavy sarcasm and air quotes. Our esteemed relative assumed that the way to uh, fix the issues that have been happening is to put out the light and remove the bodies. And what better place to start? Um, yeah, and uh, as she stumbles, Jason would like turn around to like grab her. I mean, as long as, you know, there's no William looming. I guess let's find out. Roll protect. Uh, oh, no. Ooh. Oh. All right. Um... That is a 18. 18. Nice. Nice. All right. So far, you see nothing of William Kitteridge, although the last you heard was him crashing through doors as he pursued you through the house. But Owl Nizoni also has staggered out into the snow. He is the last one out of the house, limping forward on his bad leg, his cane in one hand, making holes in the snow where he jabs it down with great vigor. Um, and I would probably pass Allison off into Gigi's hands, Gigi and or yeah. Carl, whoever is nearest, um, and then run back to help Al. Uh, as Al throws his arm around your shoulder, he says, um, should, should we go for the lighthouse first or try to get down to that cave and how do we get down there in in this how do we get down there in a regular in a regular weather i i i don't from all the descriptions it's it's sheer cliffs here we could take a boat uh, yes who brought the rowboat hands up i honestly if it's anything like the weather station i think there's a way do you know that's true i still haven't seen the inside of the lighthouse maybe there's an interior you haven't seen the inside of the weather station either. That, you told me there was an elevator, I think. I have the keys now. And Allison holds up the keys that she has for the house and presumably for the lighthouse as well. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Excellent. As I'm carrying a limping owl towards the bridge. We shuffle onward. Gigi, you have been handed Allison and, yeah. and Jason is uh, helping Owl. Carl, what are you doing during this? Well, uh, the other two seem to be occupied assisting people, and Al seems to, you know, he's he's struggling. So I'm going to take tentatively shadowed Kitterich watch and uh, try to make sure that we are clear and he's not sneaking up on us from behind. Most notably, the thing I'm looking for most is if we do catch sight of him outside of the house, I want to see if, his, you know, as the light is sweeping around... I want to see if he avoids the light or if it has an effect. That would be great information to have. As much as I don't want to, like, see him coming after us at that, at that time, I'm really, really hoping that he doesn't like the light of the lighthouse. So what do you recall of what Lazaro Kane told you about the effect of the light on the beings, the godshed? Well... And that's a fair point, as Carl is wondering whether or not it's going to have an effect on him. Oh, that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, I remember that it like it like uh, helps to bring them into being, but also was like too mystically powerful for them to withstand being in the bright in, in the full like beam of it. Indeed. So to be in the full light of the lighthouse, although it is like a call, like a like a siren's call in the night to the godshed, giving them power 
giving them more form than they would otherwise have, allowing them to emerge from the woods, from the shadows, and have more effect upon the world. It also is a danger, like like moth to flame, that if they go too close to this thing which invigorates them, they will get drawn back into the substance of the deity which brought them into existence. That's right. They get slorped back up, potentially. That is true. So, you are a different kind of creature, though, Carl. You are an amalgam of old, real Carl, but also recreated younger Carl. So, you have some, perhaps, defenses that the regular Godshed would not. That said, it is still a beacon, a siren call to you, as the Odyssean sirens were a call to the crew of Odysseus's ship. And so I need you to try to escape from that call. Oh my goodness. In order to keep your watch. Oh no. Why, this all sounds terrifying. Let's see. <laughs> Ooh, that's a pretty decent roll here. My total was a 20, although I will say that was, um, I almost rolled a 13. At, at the 10 and the, 10 and the 4 Don't. there. <laughs> Made me nervous for a moment, but we're good. You feel it. You know that it's dangerous to you. The others see the light in the blizzard swiveling around, but they don't feel its call like a physical presence, and you do. It's a power there, um, like a deep hum in the night that you just want to hum along with, and it wants to pull you to it. It wants you to climb the stairs that you know are there. It wants you to stand right beside the great light that makes its huge 360-degree swivel, and it wants you to bathe in that. It wants to take you home. But your true Carl self is easily able to fight that urge back to block it off, to wall it away, at least for now. Carl will uh, almost hesitate for a moment uh, as, as all of these sensations wash over him, and he, he, he has to process what he thinks is happening, and he does actually say out loud to the other people, almost out of context, it doesn't want me, it wants itself back. Well, that makes sense. With everything that we've um, heard. It wants to be whole again. I get to roll some dice because I am pursuing you. Oh, no. dun, dun, dun. So I am now rolling 2d10 <laughs> <laughs> plus my pursue. Oh, that is a terrible total. That is an 11. I am guessing that that's not going to beat you all. Uh, you, Carl, hear uh, another crash inside the house as another door slams open. But 
you know the house pretty well. And you know where that door is. And it's a couple of rooms back still. So you still have time before William Kitteridge, the thing that is William Kitteridge now, bursts out into the snow as well. He's coming. I can hear him. Let's keep moving. Let's, uh, let's hurry up. You scramble. You stumble. You run. You walk (laughs) toward the lighthouse. And you come to the end of the gardens, to the end of the croquet lawn, to that breach between the two jagged rock edges that jut upward from the edge of the main island of Elk Island. And there between them, you see the swinging bridge, the heavily engineered swinging bridge that covers the distance between Elk Island and the Finger of God, but you can only see halfway across it because the snow and the blowing winds of all of the storm keep you from seeing the entire distance. But yet above you shines that light as it sweeps around. What do you do? Well, onward. Who goes first onto the bridge? I will. Did we grab some rope? Wait, I actually might have grabbed rope. Did you grab rope at the hardware store? think I did grab rope at the hardware store. Uh, I do. I got a chainsaw, one of those gardening claw things, and a rope. How much rope? I don't know. I just said a rope. Well, let's go with the D&D standard. It's 50 feet of rope. That's enough to tie us each to each other. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, okay, says Allison. If somebody slips while we're crossing, because it doesn't look very... That's pretty slick, yes. Well, stationary at the moment is a good word to say. We can at least pull you back up. The bridge is rocking in the wind because the wind is high. That's what I'm saying. But it's a pretty solidly built bridge. It's swaying, but it's not like being blown from side to side willy-nilly. Okay, well, better to be safe than sorry. Yes, I'm I'm more worried about encountering something out in the middle of it. But, um, we'll... we'll <laughs> Cross we'll that cross bridge that when bridge we come to it. When we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, who's going first? I'll go first, I have a chainsaw Gigi, kind of against type, goes first across the bridge Who's behind Gigi? I would think Allison, if we really don't have to pressure her too much We'd probably tie behind Gigi she's, She's fine with all of this, she's just scared and confused But also resolute Yeah, so are the rest of us And I would look back to Carl. It's like, you want to take up the rear, or do you want me to get it? I've uh, I've got our six. So it goes Gigi, then Allison, Allison, Jason, Owl, Carl. Okay. Boy, you know when we have a marching order that, you know... Things are not going to be good. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. Let me bring up the battle map. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Roll initiative. Sorry. Do I have to spend a survival point to get better initiative? (laughs) (laughs) Can I use luck? (laughs) Well, that's two games, actually. I've just realized. Gigi, you are fighting your way against the wind, which is coming 
almost, it seems like, directly toward you. Perhaps that's why the bridge is not swaying as much as you might expect. In my head, I'm like, now should I make a running against the wind joke? No, I uh, grab onto the hand grip parts. It's not a railing because it's a it's a flexible bridge, but the uh, the hand support parts and just push ahead. You are grabbing at those, but they are cold and iced over and weird gusts of wind break from the side as opposed to the almost relentless steady wind coming from ahead of you, almost as if nature itself does not want you to get to the uh, lighthouse. I need you then, Gigi, to make an... I think you're trying to... You're trying to get everybody across safely, yes? Yeah, I guess. So you're not trying to escape from William Kitteridge, who's behind you, so much as you're trying to get across uh, safely. So roll a protect. Protect. Okay. Can I kick the wind? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Use my boxing. Oh, GG. Seriously? Uh, It's a nine total. Okay. You can spend a survival point, actually, to get across safely. Dang it. I feel like I... Do you have enough left that you would have some left over? Yeah, I have lots. I just feel like I will not get another opportunity to renew them at this point in the story. Otherwise, something's going to happen. Oh, man. I mean, it could be interesting. Yeah, but I don't want something to happen. Either way, the tension level goes up, right? Either way, the tension level goes up, right? Yes. God dang it. Because uh, this is a risky move, so you... Because this is on a bridge, in the ice, in the wind, in the snow. So you're losing the survival point Either in way. any case. Well, in that case... Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. You're losing a survival point, but you could lose two and get everybody across safely. Oh, I get what you're saying. Uh, no, I am going to hang on to those. I'm going to allow something to happen. So you do lose one. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to spend two. Tension does go up, and it is now at nine. I am currently still only allowed to affect, I believe... Obscure. Identify as obscure and pursue escape with my tension points. Okay. As you are fighting your way across the bridge... Allison steps forward, and one of the wooden support planks gives way under her feet. This thing, the last time you were across it, seemed like stone, almost. And yet, here is this plank that just cracks underneath her. And then another, as her thigh hits the adjacent one, and she is falling through... Yes, still tied on to both Gigi in front and Jason behind her, but she falls through until now she has dragged both of you and the rest forward or backwards, and she has fallen almost all the way through the bridge, her elbows catching only briefly on the wooden support planks that remain. Quick, what do you do? Jason um, used to happen to deal with a lot of ropes um, uh, in his <laughs> carny days with the tents and helping uh, run the trapeze uh, flies and all of that. Wraps an arm around one and then wraps a leg 
one of it like just takes his foot and like s- like does that little swirl around the rope to really like link in and like lunges forward and grabs for Allison. I'm just bracing myself, I think, against the bridge so that my side of the rope doesn't like go f- towards Allison any further. Alas, Gigi, because of your failed role and your <laughs> lack of desire to spend one of your hoarded survival points. You try to do so, but your arms slip oh. on the ice, and you start sliding down toward Allison, and she goes even further below until she is dangling, held only by the rope now. And, Jason, you look down, and for a moment below, the wind calms. So does the snow, it seems, down there. And... It is daytime still. You know that somewhere up there the sun is shining, but it is gray and grim. But you see the distance between the bridge and that narrow chasm of water that is between Elk Island and the shard of stone that has sheared off from it at some time in the unfathomably ancient past the finger of God, and you see all the way down to the waters, churned by the wind, white-topped, frothing, lashing against both Elk Island and the rocks of the finger of God itself, and you remember the words of Lazaro Cain, your father, that he saw there upon the beach his own father, Lazarus Cain, And you see no beach there. You just see rocks and sharp edges and frothing waves. But you do see in those waves something else. Other shapes, dark shapes, horrifying shapes, things in the water that are not of this world shapes and creatures more like what I would expect from the great eyeball in the middle of the mountain. This is now a risky check. Oh no. Instead of the protect that I was about to make you roll for Allison, instead, I am... There is an assault on your mind as you see these things. As you see these shapes and partially comprehend them. And so... I need... I am I want you to roll a protect, but if you can argue for something else, I will let you make that argument. I, I can't think of anything that would really play to, like, grabbing Allison. I'm... I mean, ultimately, I want to... This isn't... This isn't an argument for saving Allison. This is your mind at stake. This is a risky check. Maybe a uh, maybe a escape. I think you can make an argument for. I mean, if I'm trying to escape, the uh, this is a mental harm. No, and I get that, and I want to escape a breach that. of sanity. I want to escape that, but I also wonder if if just really leaning into my bad habit that it would help me in the long run. Um, but I'm gonna. I'm. I'm actually gonna just try and escape that and focus on Allison. What is your argument for escape rather than protect, as in protecting yourself from an assault? 
because of the very rash actions that Jason has um, lent himself to lately uh, with throwing a knife at his uh, supposedly deceased father and stabbing the book that has seemed to be causing a lot of problems, actually for once takes a moment and steps back and tries to escape those thoughts. That sounds good. Go ahead and roll your escape. You are... I'll go ahead and tell you what your target number is. It is 19. Oh, Jesus. Okay. That's a 9 and a 1 with a 6. is not going to be enough. no! (laughs) So, yes, 16. 16 is not enough. You lose a survival point. The tension goes up to 10. I can spend my tension points on anything now. And, Jason, you feel your mind give way under this. You have seen strange things in your life, but this is beyond all of them. These things down there are what, according to your father, killed your biological grandfather. These things down below are creations of the most demented parts of a deific mind that has died and is sleeping, dreaming in its death, and your mind just cannot process it. Your mind gives way, and out of curiosity, when you have to go to some place safe in your head, what what do you think of? Um, I actually think of a, a an old mystic that um, used to travel with the carnival, and she just always made me feel comfortable, no matter what the situation was, no matter what new city and what new uh, challenges we faced, and even in my own personal life in dealing with uh, being an outsider, a loner, a, a latchkey kid going from foster home to foster home, um, she was always right there as kind of like this uh, missing motherly figure that Jason had. So I think of times just sitting in her tent and just smelling the sage and lavender and stuff like that burning and just going back to that place. What was her name? Uh, Kara Loon. Kara Loon. And what did she look like? She's... Um, not quite old enough to be Jason's, like, actual mother, but almost like a, a, a distant-aged older sister. She's just got this long, shock-white hair that just hangs straight, just st- straight down, about to her midriff. And, you know, dresses very, you know, very kind of like psychic at the carnival kind of way with all of the, the um, very uh, hemp-based clothing, very relaxed, comfortable rings, necklaces, earrings dangling. As you see these things, Jason, you try to go elsewhere in your head. You try to go to that place that comforts you there at the carnival. It doesn't matter which one. They're all the same, though they all have their differences and their appeal. But in this carnival, there with the lights flashing in the background, with the music of the carousel playing in the background, 
you see Kara Loon, and she steps forward toward you, and she smiles, and her long white hair is draped down around her face and down to her stomach. And she smiles, and for a moment you feel peace, and she holds her hand out to you, and then hands rip through her torso, rip through her sternum, rip her apart from head to toe as they rip into your safe space in your mind, as they rip apart those memories, as the carousel music becomes dark and twisted as the lights become swirling and wild as she your mentor your muse is torn apart in front of you and then there are just hands bloody hands everywhere and you scream and all you can do is untie yourself from the rope and throw yourself to the side into the relative safety of the railing of the bridge and Gigi now with the weight of Allison suddenly pulling more on you you slip forward but your rope gives and it starts to unwind from around you the knots not tied enough (laughs) as they break and you have to grab at them with your hands Roll protect. Gigi probably made those knots herself. <laughs> In inside Jason's head, he's he has the same scream as when he was holding Skeen's head. Can I make an argument for my uh, boxing-related reaction time in rope grabbing? No. Well, it's another nine, then, because my dice are betraying me tonight. The rope slips out of your hands, Gigi. Allison is dangling there, now ten feet below the bottom of the railing. Owl and Carl are pulled forward, both off of their feet as they slide forward on the icy wooden slats of the bridge. Carl, what do you do? So they're still in front of me trying to uh, help Allison. Owl is in front of you, and then Allison is dangling by herself off of the rope. Jason has untied himself from the rope somehow, and now is groveling against the railing. While the rope seems to have untied from Gigi, not I, I mean, you saw the knots. They weren't, they weren't poorly done, and yet here this has happened. So at this point, Owl and I are the only thing anchoring this rope. Owl and you are the only ones anchoring the rope, and Owl's bad leg is not giving him much pur- uh, purchase on the surface of the bridge. So how wide is this opening that Allison has fallen through? Three slats. So perhaps... Three feet. Do uh, at a quick glance. Do I feel like um, Al's cane is wider than the gap? Barely. So as we're sliding, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to try to snatch that cane, and what I want to do is I want to try to wedge it in the gap. 
Okay. You may do so for a survival point. Ooh. Um, I told you we weren't going to be able to... <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, I, f- I feel like it's worth it. This is, this, is, this is a Carl moment. This is what he would do. I'll spend the survival point. I'll do it. All right. Carl, you grab Owl's cane from him, which perhaps obviously has a brass headpiece that is indeed the head of an owl, and you slam it down across the breach. What are you doing with this? It seems to hold, but are you going to try to hold all of you? Owl has grabbed at Jason's leg and caught his ankle. Uh, My main goal is to keep Allison from falling. With Owl still attached to the rope, I'm going to look over at Owl, who's now snatched uh, said leg, and and say, "Get untie yourself. Get get loose. I've got her. I've got her." Uh, Are you sure? I kind of give the shoulder shrug. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. I haven't made you made a roll. Hashtag shoulder shrug. Go ahead and persuade. (laughs) All right, persuade here. What do we got? Oh, that is not a fantastic roll. It is, however, doubles. So if uh, that adds something to it. If it succeeds. Yeah, I'm going to say that's... Oh, the total... Now, the die roll is not a 13. But the total, (laughs) however, is. Al is like, no, I can't. And he reaches forward to also try and help haul up Allison. And... He's like, you're, you aren't, you aren't sure of yourself yet. You're, you are a, a dual creature, Carl. I can't, I've got to try to help you. I have to help you believe in yourself, Carl. Believe in yourself, <laughs> Carl. What, am I Neo? What is, um. <laughs> well, no, because you have told him, I mean, yeah, no, no. In, you guys have talked about this, about how the whole old Carl, young Carl thing has come together. Yeah. And yet, you know, Carl, that that he's just not physically going to be able to do it. He might be strong enough, but his leg is going to give out under him. And you can almost see how it's going to play out. Sorry, that uh, the way he said that has got me, or has has Carl really thinking, uh, just so coincidentally so about me as well. (laughs) So so Carl pauses and, and... you know, it's a very inopportune moment for him to pause because, you know, there's a lot going on right now and most of it's not good. Um, but he looks around at the, the blizzard. Something the way Al said that makes him ponder this, you know, this blizzard that doesn't seem to be quite normal. And he he turns back to, to Al and nods. He's like, you know what? I am certain I have this. I'm certain I'm going to be okay. And I'm certain that the ice isn't as bad as it looks. And uh, with that, I'm going to try to, you know, I'll I'll do the thing where I'm kind of almost on the ledge of where the uh, slats are missing, put my feet across to the other side, so I have my the strength of my legs in there, and, you know, grab the rope, and I've got that cane there to steady it, and hold it in place, and see if I can stop us all from moving. Okay. Well, I guess this means that my bridge is going to assault you. 
Oh man, I hate getting attacked by bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Jeff. Oh yeah, I'll I'll get attacked by Jeff Bridges. I still don't just don't like being attacked in general, you know. That oh no no uh, don't add that up. <laughs> Wait, I rolled an eight oh. and a five plus six. That equals, if my English major math is correct, and I'm looking at it here, nineteen. What is your protect? Um, it is or escape. Actually, either one, protect or escape. What is your passive um, protect? Or can I add them together? No. Okay, then it's not 19. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The two slats on either side break. Oh, no. And you two plunge through the bridge until now it's only Owl holding on to a freezing uh, rail, rope rail of the, of the bridge itself, keeping both you and Allison from falling. And he cries out in pain. Jason is still caught in this image in his head, this space that he used to go to for quiet and solitude and peace being rent apart in his own brain. While Gigi is like reaching down toward Allison through the hole. But now that Carl has fallen through, Gigi is even lower and the rope unwinds from around her and now Allison hangs there her hands shivering and cold on the chill rope on which ice is already forming anyone? it depends on what I have to do to break out of this mental trap alright Jason I was saying, I'm willing to see if I can wheel the rope back around her Jason go ahead and I, you know I want to have you roll Persuade. I want you to persuade yourself to come out from this. So am I rolling against you, or am I rolling against myself? You're going to be rolling against your own Dissuade. Okay. All right. This is not a risky roll, so you will not lose another survival point if you fail. Okay. But you will continue just to be immobilized if you fail. Okay. My Persuade against my own Dissuade. Uh, 13 on the dice? No, no. Um, <laughs> it's a 15. My dissuade is a 4, so that's a 14. Uh, then you succeed. <sighs> you manage to claw your own way out of those <sighs> weird non-memories, that space that was suddenly defiled inside of you. Okay, but I'm still shaken, and I still understand the shapes that are down below. Right, yes. You, yeah, there's nothing has been blunted at all. You just have control of yourself again. <sighs> oh, thank God for that. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, but I'm going to try something. You are not tied to the rope anymore. You are somehow untangled from it. In my opinion, does it seem like Carl has a good hold? No. Oh, that's right. That's right. Carl just went through the bridge. It's only Owl. Yeah, only Owl. And Owl's face is a rictus of pain as he is supporting two human bodies on the rope. And one's coming undone. Yeah, and all that is holding Allison up 
is just her tenuous grip on an icy, frosted rope, her hands already chilled in the cold air. I need to think of something fast. Um, This is... You do, because what waits for Allison is a fall through snow and wind and into icy waters where you know what waits for her. Everybody hold on, and I pull the axe out of my belt, and I start... Oh, no, I can't do that. It's, It's a more secure bridge than that. I can't do that. There's no way I'm chopping down the railings on this. Uh, the only thing I can do at this point that I can think to do would be to... You know, if you rolled high enough... Dang. Or got a uh, critical success. Oh. All right. So I do, I do, I, I pull out the axe, and I take the handle, and I do a quick swirl on the rope that's holding Carl and Allison between Owl, and I try to find a way to wedge it into the side of uh, the bridge to the other secure points or other ropes that are there so that I can try and help pull them up. Okay. I'm going to roll an assault. Dang it. Against my protect? Yep. I have to type it correctly. Oh, goodness, it's only a ten. Yay, you rolled crappy. (laughs) Yay! You wedge your axe handle with a rope wrapped around it through the ropes on the bridge, winding them about. Carl, what do you do? The rope becomes steadier up above you. Owl shouts out as he is relieved from the pain that it was costing him to keep you both there and suspended. Uh, I want to try to reach for Allison. Okay. You reach down for Allison... She reaches up toward you. Roll protect. Okay. Here we go. Big money. No whammies. Oh, oh wow. That is almost as good as it gets. Um, as soon as I see... Oh, there's my protect. That is a 24. Oh, my God. 24. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that... Allison reaches up with her free hand the other hand slipping on the rope even as she does so. But you, Carl, you won't let this happen again. You let yourself slide down the rope on the frost and the ice that has caked it, and then your hand burning with pain from the rope burn and from the ice shards that have cut into it You slide down and you reach out with your other hand, even as her hand that has the rope lets go and you grip her wrist with your hand and your fingers and you have her there, you holding on barely yourself. Gigi, what do you do? I'm afraid to do anything. (laughs) Um... Can I uh, steady the rope further? Maybe um, brace the axe with a foot and try and get um, get a loop of slack and get the rope actually looped around the fabric of the bridge itself. Are you trying to pull it up with Owl's help at all, or? Well, I I really just want to like make sure it's like super solid. But here's the thing: I don't want this to be a risky check. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a risky check. Oh! <laughs> well, if it's going to be a risky check anyway, then I might as well go big and uh, and try to pull up the rope. So you're assisting me. The thing is, it's not a risk to you so much. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> okay. Wait, does it count as a risky check if it's risky to somebody other than yourself? Like in the language of this game? Yeah, so the way that I understand it, no. Oh. So you wouldn't lose a survival point if you failed But it. something terrible would still happen. You're not in immediate physical danger yourself. Yeah. Although you could be, but... But no, I don't think I'm going to call it that. I'm going to still, you know, brace the brace the axe with a foot to give it that extra little safety and reach down and try and help Owl pull the uh, pull the rope up. Do you yell anything? Say anything? Oh uh, no, not at this point. <laughs> Take a swig from your hip flask. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have a hip flask, but it would make sense for Gigi to have one. Not to be a broken record here, but roll protect. <laughs> okay, well, it's better than it has been, at least marginally. It is a 9 on the dice plus a 4 for a 13 total, but not on the dice. Well, 13 is not good yeah, enough. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm going to retire these dice for the evening. I am not impressed. <laughs> dice jail. Dice put- jail. He's putting them in timeout. Yep. Would you like to roll... Again, for a survival point? Sure. Yes. I will roll again. Let me just pick up my new dice. my tension go up again. Carl, you hear a howling behind you. A howling that sounds much like the voice of your, what, grandnephew, William Kitteridge. Yeah, I figured. Fucking damn it. It's, It's worse than that. Was it a 13? No. It was a six on the dice plus four. You try to wedge the axe even more, but unfortunately it doesn't. And in fact, the axe handle comes loose and the rope comes free of it, but it sends the axe handle with the axe skittering across the bridge and then out into the blizzard and down into the blinding whiteness of the snow. Owl takes the full weight of Carl and Allison. Carl, you have the full weight of Allison on you. Only one hand wrapped around the rope. Allison says, I can't hold on. I can't hold on. You can do it. I've got you. Just hang on. I really just said I can't. <laughs> and, and and I said you can. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you want to? What are you trying to do here? Just trying to hold on? Uh, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely trying. I'm holding on to her, and I'm holding on to the rope. So nothing. I mean, there's a jerk above you. Circumstances changed a little bit, but I'm not going to say they changed enough to mess with your earlier roll. The rope gives. You go another three feet down in a in a jerking motion that nearly causes you to lose your grip. You slide a couple of inches down the rope, but you manage to maintain your hold. You don't want to know what damage it's doing to your hand, but at this point, you don't care. You maintain your hold on both the rope and on Allison. Jason. Yes? (laughs) You hear William Kitteridge's yell behind you, too. 
You look back that way, and through the snow you think you see a darker shape heading toward the bridge, not walking like some mortal figure, but flowing, oozing through the blizzard. Shippoopy. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, Just trying to think of different possibilities and running out of options at this point, um, trying in vain to stop the, the loss of these new family members and friends that are seem to be about to plummet to their doom, uh, noticing that William is at the end of the bridge. It gives me a little bit of an idea, and I go to that, that envelope, that satchel. Oh, no. I open the flap, and I just touch it. Ever so slightly, I don't want to open it. I, I just want to reach out and and ask, can you help us? Hello, Jason. Open yourself to me. I can save you. Will I end up like him as I look back down the bridge? We're all together here, Jason. All one big happy family. And then another voice joins. Hey, bro. Yeah, it's right. Like, we're all together here. It's, like, really cool, man. It's, uh, you know, it's all, like, warm and cozy and safe and snug and and everything we could want is here, says Skeen. Before anything else can happen, and if you succeed this, it is a risky check, by the way, but if you succeed this, you can take enough control of the book to find something to help you here, whatever it is you choose to do. But if you fail, one of your survival points will go black and something bad will happen. So, would you like to roll... Oh, I don't know. Let's call it escape. Okay. And this is an assault on the part of my book. The book is assaulting me, and I'm trying to escape? You can use protect if you want, but... uh, Oh, I think escape will be a little bit better. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. You're trying to escape its, its mental... To not become like William. Fingers. You're trying to... You're trying not to get a a black mark. Yeah, you're trying to escape its temptations. Okay. All right. But it's a pretty high number you're looking for. It's not going to be pleasant. Are you going to tell me or let me roll? Well, it's a 19. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) That's so hot. I just hope that I... Yeah. Oh, come on. Things have become more dire. Oh, thank God. Okay. That's a... Uh, 16 on my roll, plus 6, 22. Oh! 22? And you needed a 19? Yes. So you would say the difference between those no, things wait, no. is... <laughs> three? No! Three? I can oh, handle that. Oh, no! Patrick! <laughs> wait. Three points it is. Don't you have to... Sp- I think I have to go four, because I have to beat it. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't you have to spend four? Right. Because all you had to do was tie me, so... I have to go four points in order to make yours low enough that it's not going to do so. And if I spend a survival point... If you spend a survival point and choose protect, 
then I can't spend any more tension points on that. But you would get to re-roll and use whatever you got. Oh, re-rolling is not a good idea at this point. I know, right? Okay, so do I lose a survival point and I get one black, or just one goes black? One's going to go black. <sighs> All right, let me grab my other dice. I don't know if I can afford that. Yeah. Okay, here's my question. If I do that, I'm just losing myself to the black, and I still get the benefits from the book. Yes, but, like I said, something bad will also happen. I don't like the sound of that. We have two family members on the line. Literally. Uh, I'll re-roll. I'll spend my survival It's a really point. high number. What's that? I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you here, that's a really high number. Oh, it's even higher? No, no, it's it's the same, but it's a re- that's a really high it number. It is, and I'm not going to do yeah. any better with Protect. Okay, I'll take the black mark. Okay, Jason, you feel it wriggle its way into your brain. You know that it's got a hold on you now, but you don't care. You have to open the book. You have to find something in there to use to save your family. These, All these people now are your family, even to some extent Owl and... You can't let them die on this bridge when you feel like you are so close. And so you go, you can't have me yet. And still you open the book and you let it take a little part of you. What do you want to do with the book? I imagine that depending on what kind of feeling I get from it is I think of a specific thing that I'm trying to do to help my friends like a wind gust to bring them up onto the bridge. Something to, or or maybe even bolster my strength so that I can just grab the rope and pull it up without any issue. And I just concentrate on that as I let the book fall open naturally to wherever it's going to land. Across the bridge, Gigi's yelling, don't do it! Instead of a spell appearing on the pages of the book when it opens, you hear that voice in your head again. And it says, quite simply, and with eternal horror, which one would you like to save? Oh, no! (sighs) I'm assuming my choices are Carl and Allison. (laughs) Damn it. I almost want to go all meta and be like, myself. (laughs) 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 Which means saving everyone else, too. But anyway. Because they're all a part of Apparently, my goal as a GM this season is to cause Jesse actual nightmare. Oh, my lord. <laughs> I don't know, because it seemed like Carl had a pretty good hold on Allison, so I would focus on Carl and mostly because... No, they're both blood! Can I, can I, can I pick blood? You have to choose Carl or Allison. Damn, uh, damn it. Which one falls... Oh no! Which one is saved? Can I can I save them and and sacrifice myself? This is such a hard choice. Um um, I I I love you, Allison, but I'm saving Carl. No! <laughs> oh, wow, that is an unexpected oh, choice. Shit! Actually, yeah, even Carl didn't expect that. Of course, Carl doesn't know. But inside your head, Jason, the book says, "As you wish, Master." Carl, Mm -hmm. you don't know what happens. You had a good grip on her, 
but your hands are cold and icy now. And Allison looks up at you with wide and pleading eyes, and her hand just slips from your grip. You can't hold her anymore, and you see her still staring into, it seems, almost your soul as she falls into the snow, into the darkness below the waiting sea and the things that writhe there. The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season two of The Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share, and check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks! Poopy.